Monday, April 8th, 2013. It's the creative process. Welcome to the creative process. This is episode seven. Uh, we're back from a well-deserved hiatus. <laughs> we didn't. We, we deserved, didn't. I mean, we did not deserve it. We, you know, we had we had put six whole episodes in the can. <laughs> That's true. That, you know, there's a feeling of accomplishment. There's, there. there's a need to take three months break. Um, but we're back. Um, so, and I'm Jared Ponchat. I host the creative process along with Jeff Robbins. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Jared. How are you? What have you been doing for the past three months? I have been working for other people and not doing the things that I want to do as much. <laughs> I know. Like podcasting. We, we, yes. I, sort of like that horrible thing that happens when business succeeds and you get way too many clients. So. Yeah. As a business, Lullabot's been doing great. As a yes. podcasting company? <laughs> well, I have to say, the other podcasts have been doing great. Jeff Eaton yeah. just keeps cranking out those insert content here podcasts. Great. Yes. The Drupal Eyes Me podcast, Addie Berry and the whole Drupal Eyes Me team just rocking it it's just the creative guys yeah it's pretty much me (laughs) so so to to be fair though creatives are actually really hard to schedule with yes Um, and we actually did have multiple shows that were slotted in between during what was what turned out to be the hiatus when we actually had some no shows as well as uh, some people who backed out. Yeah, they, they say you get people yeah. who say things like, "Well, I usually wake up around like eight p.m. Pacific time, so maybe, <laughs> maybe we could do you, you guys like up at like one in the morning Eastern time. Right. We could do something." It's like, oh. yeah, that's no. It's no excuse for how long of a break we had. So we're 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 ready to hit it. We're Although, we're back. We're excited. I, I should say the plan is is for a monthly release from this time forward. So. <laughs> Don't commit. Don't. It's going to be – it's just from here on out, it's going to be great whenever gonna, it happens. It's going to be fantastic. We promise quality. Maybe, maybe quantity. We've got quality today. John Dragonetti is with us. Yes. Yeah, John uh, – uh, let's see. Uh, um how do I, I know John from the music scene in Boston? We were on the same record label. Uh, um, he's probably best known uh, for his work uh, in the submarines as the co-founder of the submarines, and um, he does a lot of soundtrack stuff. Uh, and we'll we'll talk to him about all of that. Really interesting guy, and it's really interesting to get. You know, the the idea of the podcast, this podcast, is to sort of talk to people from a variety of disciplines about their creative process. And and for those of us who have some creativity to us, it's interesting, I think, it's interesting to hear the parallels, the similarities, and even the differences. So, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I think we'll, we'll hear uh, a lot of that from, from John. Should we get this thing started? Let's go. Let's do it. John Dragonetti, welcome to the uh, Lullabot, what are we calling this? The Creative Process Podcast. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Jeff and Jared. <laughs> Gosh, I, uh, John and I have known each other, uh, I don't know, since we were 18, something like that. I think so, right? I mean, right? I pretty much right when I moved to Boston. Were we at school together? Did you go to Berkeley? Or? I did. I um, yes. I, I try not to talk about it too much because you know yeah, people yeah, expect know. me, me to play hot licks 
But right uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not <laughs> shedding right now. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I I think I shedded once, and that was that was enough for me. Yeah, I don't even think I quite made it through two semesters. Yeah, and may have. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's, but, that's yeah. what I did was two semesters. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, so we we let's see Boston music scene. Uh, mm-hmm. um, you were in several bands of which I was big fans very early on that no one's heard of, so I won't <laughs> so I won't mention them because I always get uncomfortable when people mention my early bands. It's like oh. no, the later stuff was much better. <laughs> <laughs> you were working it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these days. You're probably probably best known as the male half of the submarines. Oh gosh, maybe so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's uh, that's occupied my time for sure. Yep, yep, and yeah. uh, um, and the submarines probably themselves best known as the background music for the iPhone commercials. Was it the whole run of the 3G iPhone that? Yeah, there was a couple of different ones. It it just it just went for years. I kept thinking yeah, like I know, man. It did it did really go on forever. There were I mean they kind of just did well. I don't know. They did variations of the same ad. It seemed uh-huh. like right. Um, yeah. They used, you know they used two different um, two different songs. You know, and it, it it did seem like that that was a I think that was their largest ad buy ever, um, and it felt like it lasted forever. So I'm very sorry that everybody had to hear that. I don't know. <laughs> it was great. I, I, it was I, great. I have to say the the Apple music pickers or whatever and uh mm-hmm. you know have have always done a, a great job. Uh all that even like Jet, you know, all the bands that they picked with the Gorillas. Yeah. Uh you know, it was just all like oh, this is great, you know, looks great, sounds great on this and 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 you guys just two different songs just kept going. Mm-hmm. I you know. Yeah, we were very fortunate. And um yeah, they those guys those guys were have been really great. And um and I think I think like Steve Jobs actually in the end sort of picked stuff you know he really in the end made that final decision of what, what they were going to use and then media arts lab um mm-hmm. was sort of you know in charge of that stuff um and you know yeah they've always you know picked really good stuff it's interesting to see the company you know become more mainstream i guess i can't think of another <laughs> word for it but <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it seems to be changing <laughs> yeah no it's uh yeah. Anyway, so that was you know big great thing saying, hey, I I know that guy with the music on the commercial. Another <laughs> <laughs> side to that though too, being in a band, right? It's like, oh yeah, you're the iPhone band. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, I guess open every concert with that song. Yeah. Yeah, oh no. Play the not. iPhone <laughs> song. Yeah, right. Everybody leaves after you play that song. You have to take it last. And, and everybody holds their iPhone up and waves it as you play. <laughs> no, the worst is like, you know, when, when iPads first came out, then you had like these kids, you know, right up in front holding your their iPads up to you. So you're looking at people's iPads while you're trying to play songs. And it was at one point Blake was like, Hey man, like can you put that away? And they're just, you <laughs> what know, would they would they would they show you the face of their iPad? What were they showing no, you? They were they were taking photos. Oh, so, I see. Uh, yeah, they weren't we weren't, you know. Yeah, it was just sort of like it just is it's weird, you know. <laughs> I thought they had some sort of messages that they were using to show. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's a great idea. Use it as a sign. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> uh, ten, or you suck. <laughs> ten, 10 inches of of real estate there to to show yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. 
But uh, and then more uh, more recently, you've been doing a bunch of soundtrack work. Yeah, I've been you know kind of uh, sort of sort of in between cycles with with the submarines, you know, not touring and and you know, there's no album right now. So, um, you know, I came out to Los Angeles to kind of focus on this other stuff too. Um, but yes, yeah, scoring for um, for film and television and. Uh, you know, it's been going well, you know, it's been going well. Um, and I, you know, I can't, I can't really stay, I don't know. I love being able to sort of gravitate back and forth, you know, between the different, you know, songwriting and, yeah. you know, and then kind of switching modes into, to, you know, doing something for a television show or, you know, a film I, or a I, commercial. I guess it's, had, go ahead, Jared. I was going to say, did you, did you start out in music like as a kid or, uh, w- were you writing things that was more like a score or did you start writing songs and then transition to this kind of stuff that you're doing now? Yeah, no, I definitely, um, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was the Beatles, you know, uh-huh. the, it definitely wasn't, you know, very scory. So yeah, I mean, I just, I had a, you know, my parents, I had a little, you know, drum set when I was like five, I think four or five. And, um, and then my mom and dad told us we were moving to Egypt and, I couldn't take that drum set with me and it was devastating. And so I think that like made me really hungry (laughs) and I begged my parents, you know, and finally when I was 10, I got a a real drum kit. Um, And, you know, just, I I was into, you know, the Beatles and Kiss and, you know, all the stuff Mm -hmm. that young, young guys are into. And, um, uh, so yeah, yeah, I did I had no no sense of like, yeah, I want to work on films or television or do commercials or anything like that, you know. So has the process for you like that first time you tried to score a, you know, a television show or something, was it did it feel very foreign? Did you have to totally shift the way you write or what's that been like? Yeah, you know, it's something I don't know, it's for me it's it's something I'm still learning to do, you know. Um and I think scoring, like composing for film, is something I've had the least amount of experience with, but it's also the thing I want I want to do most. So that feels like a huge challenge and something that you know I have a lot to learn uh, about still. But um, I think my first sort of foray into like comp- doing music for for picture was um, back in Boston, um, getting to do a, a Volkswagen ad. And, you know, that's sort of like my friend Peter Ducharme had uh, done uh, a really great spot, Synchronicity. And then they were also starting to license. That was the time where they were starting, you know, licensing licensing the uh, Nick Drake stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think maybe they were maybe they were one of the first to start using, you know, interesting and, and lesser known music. Um, so, yeah, I worked on I, I did music for a Volkswagen spot. And that was just, you know, definitely... Um, it was interesting to be directed by someone else, I guess, you know, or have mm-hmm. someone else's ideas, um, you know. How, uh, how did you find that, that doing sort of work for hire like that compares to sitting down to write a song for your band? Yeah, well, I almost think it's easier, you know. Um, I don't know. Straight? 
Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, you know, and there's always references, and sometimes those are annoying, but sometimes it makes sense. You know, but we want it to sound like Beck, but not so Becky. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh God. But um, yeah, I think the constraints are good, and I think that I, and that had me thinking also with my own stuff. It's like maybe I need to like, you know, give myself some of those borders mm-hmm. as well. You know, and I'm working, but um, and uh, you know, and also you know, doing music for commercials. It's like, wow, okay, this is, this is kind of a racket. You know, I can, I can make a living <laughs> doing this. <laughs> it's like, wait, I'm, you know, I'm not going to, money's better than rock and roll usually. But uh, anyway, um, so yeah, that was the first time I was sort of, okay, yeah, wow. Doing, you know, music, having somebody pay you to make music for, for something. And then, you know, I thought, you know, uh, wanted to, to possibly move to Los Angeles or New York and um, and then started thinking about, you know, like working in film and television. And I always had a naive, like, yeah, I want to do music for a film. But, um, you know, so I got out here and, you know, continued to do commercial work from, you know, Boston. And, and, um, and one of the first things that happened, well, I did, a, I did some music for reality show, which is not scoring. That's not, I don't consider that really <laughs> composing. Although I would say the show I'm working on now is, is a little different than most of those. But, um, so yeah, I did a little bit of that. Um, and you know, it's frustrating cause it's just, you know, they just shove stuff in the background a lot of times and it could just be any library music really. But, um, my friend, um, Mark Rivers, Jeff, I don't know, maybe you know Mark. He used to be Mark. in the Cave Dogs, yep. the Boston band. Um, anyways, Mark's an incredibly talented musician and uh, and also a writer, a comedy writer. Um, and one of the first things we ended up doing out here and really having very little experience is we got to we got hired to do, well, through Mark, the music for um, this animated series that DreamWorks and NBC we're doing together called Father of the Pride. Had you guys ever heard of this? I, I've seen it. Okay, it did one season. It's a strange show. You know, it's an animated show about Siegfried and Roy, and um, <laughs> it's weird, you know, but there's a great cast, you know, John Goodman and, you know, Cheryl Hines. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. But so, yeah, Mark and I were like basically in the homes, you know, in my, basically had a studio underneath the apartment. Uh, in, Los, in Silver Lake, and cut almost dirt floors, not quite, but it was really <laughs> tiny and, you know, plywood walls. And we were like, great, man, we're going to do this. This is so incredible. And, you know, we went and bought like a little trucker TV. We had a stopwatch. You know, we didn't, this is, we didn't know what quick times were. You know, we didn't, we might <laughs> import a quick time into Pro Tools. And, yeah, we just sat there, you know, we'd have these spotting sessions and then we'd go back to the studio and basically like go through each scene where they wanted music and like kind of just look at each other and bobbing our heads and like, you know, humming out a piece of music, you know, Mark would be like, yeah, what if we did, you know, boom, ba-da, 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 you know, there. And so then I'd start programming a drum thing there, you know what I mean? And it was, it was really guerrilla style, but it was a lot of fun. So that was sort of my first, um, you know, so I think it's, there's a sort of an advantage to that. I mean, you're talking about, oh, yeah, I came out here thinking, oh, I'll do films, not knowing. And I was so naive. But, like, hasn't that been, you know, 
saying you were going to be in a band was equally in retrospect was equally as naive you, you know, know you're you're absolutely right yeah i i totally agree with that um I, I think that there's there's almost a strength in this like i mean i've tackled all sorts of things that when i actually was got to the point of expertise on it i realized at that point how naive i had been um but Definitely. I almost think that there's a strength in not acknowledging yeah. your naivete. <laughs> totally. I'm I'm hosting a podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I think about that a lot, you know, and it's something without thinking about you, you just hope to always have some of that, you know, uh there in you, you know. That's, yeah. Um yeah. Has has most of your your uh Work that goes with picture, as you say, is is most of it that way, where you actually get to see something first and then you're responding to it. Um, n- no, not always. Um, you know, it, it. I think with with film, you would be probably yeah, um, more so. But um, I mean, it depends. You know, um, I think, like for instance, um, small town security the show that I'm working on right now, you know, the producer, Michael Hay, was, he's such a big music fan and has great taste. And, you know, he, in the beginning, before we even, before I even looked at stuff, sent me like a playlist on Spotify, of just kind of the vibe that they were looking for, for the show. And before I even, st- you know, saw footage, um, I just started working on, different ideas based on some of the instrumentation we discussed. And, you know, that was in the end more creating a library for those guys to use because a lot of editors like to have stuff that they can start editing to as well Mm -hmm. beforehand. Um, And, and then along, you know, then within that, in the process, you know, Mike would maybe send me a scene for some things like, yeah, we're going to need music for this. Let me send you that. So you have an idea of what we're looking for, but you know, on a show like that, it's not so much like you're scoring to, you know, uh, you know, you're reacting to people's the way they're talking or right. their actions or anything like that. Um, I think I worked on um, the first season of, of Weeds. Joey Santiago is the main composer, and so mm-hmm. he hired me to sort of help him out, and um, and that was probably my first experience at trying to actually, you know, I guess scoring maybe, you know, where you're, you're actually really trying to follow closely what's going on and not get in the way of dialogue and build it up at certain times when it needs it. And, um, you know, and that's to me, that's my big, that's the biggest challenge for me, you know, is learning how to do that well. Um, and, you know, so yeah, as far as getting, um, you know, it, it depends, you know, sometimes, I mean, I think even some film composers have just uh, started doing their score based on reading, um, the script, you know, mm-hmm. so it can be different, but, but yeah, generally, you know, you would work closely with, with visuals. Hmm. You, you talked a, a little bit sort of about the kind of creative limitations or creative guidelines of doing soundtrack music as opposed to. I just call it writing songs. I mean, you know, I guess the difference, you know, sort of free form, blue sky kind of like yeah, making right. your own art. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, right. What like you're actually you're kind of known um, in, cer- in certain circles for uh, <laughs> by for, you for your four track work. 
we were actually I, I didn't mention this earlier, but we were on the same record label for for a That's period right. of time. Uh-huh. Uh, and your your four track demos, oftentimes I remember hearing them saying like yeah, John's just not happy with the big production version compared to his original four-track <laughs> version. And then I also was going through Spotify this morning listening to a bunch of submarine stuff and came across some things that were labeled original four-track version and stuff like that. Are you still t- using cassette four-tracks? or? You know, it's fine. I, um, my cassettes, the cassette part is broken, but I actually will still use that, that um, Tascam Porta 2 as like a preamp you know, and like put sounds through it and then go into Pro Tools. Um, so, you know, yeah, I'm not really, you know, doing that much on the four track, but when I listen back, I love the sound of that stuff, you know, um, and it's muddy and all that. Um, but uh, it's yeah. it's interesting. I just, it's it's interesting because I think about the sort of, computer loopiness of your of your music i mean you use a lot of samples and loops and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um and then this sort of like linearness of the cassette four track and and like when we were hanging out in boston i remember just having hours and hours of conversation around cassette four tracks (laughs) yeah man those were the bomb and you know it's interesting to sort of compare and contrast those styles the linear style of the of the cassette four track with the with the loopiness do do you find that the disciplines of one influence the other and vice versa i yeah maybe i don't know um you know i suppose i suppose so i mean i think the one thing that probably really did have an effect is the the constraints of working with a four track, um, and that's maybe a different thing. But um, I don't know. I was I'm just I feel very I'm glad that I learned how to record songs in in that format. You know, yeah. yeah. I'm really and you know it wasn't the same as being able to operate you know uh, a Neve console on a twenty four track machine, but you know just I just I loved. I don't know. It was really, it forced you to make decisions and stick with them, you know, mm-hmm. early in the process. Um, and, and it's something I still try to do, I guess, you know? Um, but I also go through phases where I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, the com- I feel like the computer is really bumming me out that I'm just in it so much. <clears throat> so I'm trying, you know, I've been spending more time, trying to work outside of that, you know, using more analog instrumentation and um, acoustic instruments. And, you know, I think with that four track stuff, I mean, I'd, I didn't have a sampler. I didn't know, I loved those sounds that I'd heard on like hip hop records, but I didn't know how to get them, you know? And right. so I think I would try to emulate them, you know, in whatever way we could, you know, with those, with one mic and, you know, four tracks on cassette. But, um, yeah, and so yeah, anyway. Yeah, it, just, it seems like like with the computer you can keep zooming in and zooming in and zooming in and there's a certain point where you're to sort of a level of microscopicness, you know, where mm. just, you've yeah. totally yeah. lost track of the overall thing and to just, you know, I, I I mean I know the same thing to pull out an acoustic guitar and it's like I can write a song with this. <laughs> yeah. Like oh. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I can write a whole song with this. I'm not writing a measure. I'm not actually, writing a yeah. a single you know quarter note beat. Um, right. Do you, right. It's actually, do you have like a, a go to instrument that no matter whether you're writing you know you're working on the next submarines album or you're 
or you're writing the next Vol- uh, Volvo commercial or something that you're you tend to gravitate towards like I sit down with a guitar and I start finding something or you know is it is there a consistency across um, the way the way things start for you y- well yes and no i mean uh there 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 definitely are a few instruments that I tend to pick up more often um and there's one in particular which is just this tiny little um nylon string like folk guitar or whatever and uh you know, it was one of the first things I bought after, like, um, you know, signing a, a record deal years ago. And I was so kind of proud by the fact that I went and bought, like, a junky $100 guitar. <laughs> you know, I was like, this is so cool of me. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not buying a car or something, you know. Yeah. And, um, but I love that guitar. It's, I feel like it's, like, a songwriter guitar, you know. just, mm-hmm. it just uh, It's great for working out ideas. And then, and then I have a piano as well, and so I kind of reach for that. So it, it varies, but I, f- I feel like that little folk guitar kind of more than any other um, is something that I just pick up more. Yeah. What what does it look like when you uh are in a in a creative mode? Uh I mean, do you you start with the guitar, are you looking to write the whole thing or are you building up loops or uh well, I'm panicking it, and convincing it, myself that I'll never be able to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> is, do you find that you panic more or less for the like pay, like paid constrained soundtrack kind of work or or for you know uh, band submarines kind of stuff. Yeah. No, no, I guess no. I don't. I don't really panic all the time. But uh, <laughs> no, no. There's just that. No, usually it's usually when someone's paying me to do something. You know, I'm hired to mm-hmm. to make create something. Then I kind of go through this, you know freak out and I'm like oh my god I'm not gonna ever I know I'm not gonna be able to come up with anything I'm gonna totally fail at this and I just beat myself up you know and I'm I get I'm I'm, I'm kind of tired of this process but I beat myself up you know and then I whatever I just dig it dig a deep hole and then I have to dig my way out of it and I you know I don't know I've just it's a pattern I've started to notice and um I'm not sure maybe it's something I need to change maybe that's just the way it is but I think it's human nature yeah, I, I, think, I don't. I don't really know anyone who does good work that doesn't go through yeah. some process like that. Yeah, I think you're probably right. You, and I, oh, go ahead, Jared. Is it like a sort of like a, a half pipe? If you had to chart your panic, like it starts, <laughs> it starts high at the very beginning of the creative process, and then it goes down towards the middle, but then it comes back up again towards the end. Yeah, that's the hope, right? That you get to the uh, up to the other side, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's a good a good description. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like that even like rehearsing with a band, it's like you haven't played in a while. And you get together, like, wow, man, this sounds awesome. <laughs> and then you know you play for a few, and then in the next day you're in there. It's like, oh boy, man, this, we need a lot of work. You know, <laughs> I know it's weird. No, it is. It's very weird. Yeah, it's really strange. But uh, so now I go through I go through that. I mean, I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out a way to calm some of the, those inner, you know, sort of uh, oh, demons or whatever you want to call them. But because sometimes I do work, get get sort of worked up inside, you know, tied up in a knot that I do think it maybe actually stifles creativity sometimes. So I'm trying to just relax about it. And, you know, and I used to panic more when I get a job, you know, and it's like, oh, this is a big job, you know, and okay, I've got to get up at six in the morning and start on it. And, you know, 
and I just realized like, no, I don't, I don't think I have to, you know, and I've started to just try to be, and maybe this just is the, the more experiences that I'm getting, you know, this something that's happening, but, um, and I don't know, I feel like I can sort of take it easy with my approach a little bit. And I think I'm just as productive, um, uh, you know, and this is again more for the, you know, the composing work, um, when you're writing for your own stuff, then yeah, you go through all sorts of weird phases. Are, yeah. are there are there times of the day for you that seem to be like you've noticed you you just seem to create well, or, or are you just sort of like when Eureka hits you, you go work kind of a thing? Yeah, there there is that side of it. You know, when something just hits you, you want to go and work on it. But um, I kind of I kind of set up a pretty regular like I. I feel like I'm in the studio by 10, you know, 11, that kind of thing. And, um, and I generally, and maybe this is just, I've created this schedule. I don't know if it's that this is the only time I can be creative, but, um, uh, I, f- I probably do most of my work like in the day, you know, mm-hmm. in the, you know, and I'm done by eight, but not always. Um, I could probably change that cycle and start working it you know, two or three in the afternoon and work into the later part of the night. And I'm guessing I would hope that I'd be just as um, productive, but yeah, I just like, I like using my day, you know, I like, you know, not having to some extent, it's just a matter of showing up. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You know, that, that fear sometimes can uh, cause a certain amount of procrastination with it. Seriously. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you. Yeah, I'm sure you know know that. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's true. Like there are days where I'm just like, I don't, I don't feel like going. You know, if I don't have a deadline on something, you know, and I, I'm just like, I don't. And I have plenty of, you know, my own record and you know other projects that I can work on. But there are days where I'm just like, I don't feel like going in there. You know. And mm-hmm. but then you know if you do that two or three days in a row, you start to feel guilty and shitty and you know. And then I'm like, okay, I gotta go in there, you know. And you, and then you know, it's like I could start messing. And like I'll just go through sound libraries or, or try a new software, or you know, just something mm-hmm. that's technical. But then usually something creative will will mm-hmm. out of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is good to kind of just, I guess, even with writers, I guess too, right? You know, you just have to kind of force yourself to do it sometimes. Well, you talked about the the difference between the soundtrack work. Now, are you doing all the all the soundtrack work sort of falls under the Tone Tiger oh, heading? Yeah. Is that right? I suppose so. Yeah. So I just, if people want to, if people want to see John from a soundtrack perspective, go to tonetiger.com. Um, otherwise, go to submarines.com and buy all their albums uh, <laughs> twice. <Yeah>. Twice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 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 s- switching creative modes, like being able to just say like this isn't working, and then having something else to go to, whether you're switching from um, you know sound- soundtrack scoring kind of work to more uh, freeform submarines, creative kind of work. Um, or even like you said, like organizing your sound library. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I think that there's, you know, it's a matter of like keeping moving. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. That sometimes I feel like almost like not having enough to do, um, you know, can sort of bring, bring its own problems. If you're only focused on one thing, then that Mm -hmm. thing will dominate. And the, and the, the, the writer's block 
will be amplified by it being the only thing. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think you're probably right about that. Um, uh, I, you know, it, there's a balance, I guess, because there are times when I've been like, you know, the band's been busier. Um, and then I, you know, get a project, a television project or something. And, I start to get stressed out a little bit, like jumping between those two worlds because, because there is the part of me that feels like, you know, I'm going to do my, give my best work when I can really just lock myself away and focus on this one thing, you know? Mm. So if someone's hiring me to do music for a film or something, you know, um, like when I worked on, uh, we are Legion, which is the story of the hacker sort of movement um like that i just you know i knew i had like six weeks like a window where i could just mm-hmm. work on that so i didn't want the other distractions yeah. so much you yeah. know um and because uh, i just felt like it would water down what i was doing yeah. <laughs> it's it's good when you need it it's awful yeah. when you don't yeah right? yeah 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah we've talked a fair bit with with a number of the people that we've had on this podcast about creative pause and it seems like the common thread is that most people I've noticed creative pause has there's some something kind of man, menial or very like the totally different side of the brain that gets engaged by the things people go to for, for creative pause like organizing your sound library like, <laughs> right. it's like you put your brain on that and suddenly all these ideas for something else start popping up suddenly uh, yeah it takes the pressure off yeah you know? yeah uh, yeah. No, I, 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 yeah, I love doing that. In fact, that's today's one of those days. You know, I'm downloading some new software that I'm really anxious to to try out. <laughs> so hopefully, I'll like come up with something really amazing. Um, <laughs> Do you find that? Do you find that different uh, software, different instruments? Like, I, I've always referred to it as like this has a song in it. You know, mm. you, you start using a new device or something like that, and it just sort of seems to sort of spring with its own stuff <laughs> explain it, it yeah yeah <laughs> it, can, it sure, certainly can you know yeah you'd hope um yeah for me yeah a cool new sound can be enough to to start something you know yeah. it's like oh wow man this is a, this is this is great i love this you know and um but i think that's even how i've always done it even like in the earlier like back in boston you know when you were doing orbit and i was doing jack drag like um yeah, I just feel like it was for me. It always kind of started with a sound. I mean, I had always desired. I feel like my songwriting was pretty not not great, really. You know, back in those days, and um, and but I think I was in some ways more interested in just creating music and sound. You know, putting it all together, and then writing a song was just sort of a template. <laughs> you know, for me to like try all this crazy shit. You know, um, and. You know, now, of course, you know, I've really tried to, like, balance those two things and, you know, songwriting. I've been thinking about that recently, too, that, like, it's interesting doing soundtrack stuff. Like, sitting down to write a song, you think about the song, but really what you're doing is just trying to entertain people. You need to keep their attention for a period of time, and you'd like that to be soothing or helpful yeah. or mm-hmm. emotional or something like that. And it doesn't necessarily need to be notes. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, there are other sounds that can go into it. And sometimes I think it's easy to get caught up 
trying to build things up too much when sometimes you could break it down. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, less less is good, right? Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, there. no, no. Just that just that, you know, that that I don't know. Um I, I don't know where that yeah, thought, I mean, thought goes well, exactly, but Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you. I think I don't know, I just think um I mean, I don't even when I even listen to like um like pop radio you know or stuff which, which i'm fascinated by because i this just the sound of it too but just listening to those songs like you know like some of the r&b stuff or like you know if you you know listen to drake or um um uh, you know frank ocean or whatever i love how minimalist a lot of that stuff is you know it's really spacious you just i mean i guess it's maybe you know a testament to the the, the songs themselves being strong enough you know mm-hmm. to carry that i'm not sure but um yeah, I'm. I'm try. I would like to show more restraint in my work, and I'm trying to. It's hard. It's like you know, you want to keep putting interesting little things in there, but um, I think it is good to kind of strip it away. You know, p- pull things back, and I think you know, for for film scoring, that's something. It's really important. You know. Yeah, and um, we certainly not- talk talk about this a lot in our web work, and in particular, I find when it comes to like mobile app design and stuff like that. I mean, we, you know, we find ourselves saying a lot of times simplicity is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. The computer, even whether it's visual, audio, I mean, I've, I've worked in Pro Tools as well. It, as soon as the computer came in, all of a sudden layers became really cheap. And yeah. you can just layer like crazy. And that, and that doesn't matter whether you're doing film or audio or visual design or whatever. It's just like you can just kill things by oh, just seriously. layering so much and so easily and it's in it becomes much harder to think simple yeah um, i i agree wholeheartedly about that and you know it just brings me back to what we were talking about earlier with the four track you know just mm-hmm. uh, the simplicity of that and it's you know i kind of try to remind myself you know of having those limitations and yeah the options are endless now mm-hmm. um and you know, I'm. You know, people are being really creative with it, and there's a lot of great music out there and visuals, everything. You know, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it is a challenge to keep it keep it focused and simple. Do your Do your ideas tend to come as complete pieces or little parts and pieces? Uh, like I, by pieces, I mean like, do you sit down with a guitar and write a song? Or do you put together ideas of and for songs? Yeah, it's for me. It's more ideas. You know, I, occasionally it's like a complete song, but but not very often. Like Blake, for instance, you know, the other half, of the submarines. She likes to complete a full song, you know, before she brings it in, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is really great for me to be able to work on something that's mostly completed. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely I don't know, I think it's my attention span that's kind of a problem, you know? And it's really it really is a problem. And uh um I mean I just looked out the window and I'm like, what was I just talking about? <laughs> um, so I don't know. Yeah, so like ideas, like I they need I need to move quickly with things, you know, before I start thinking about something else. So yeah, it's the it's the the ideas and then the hardest part is staying focused to to turn that into a song mm. you know that's do you, like, do you have a process like of putting together ideas sort of putting them on 
you know, recording them into into some device, uh, and then going back and listening back to them, and then converting them into into a full piece, or do you need to do it all at once? Uh, both both ways. Sometimes, you know, I mean, I I could be in the house and just have my phone and use that to record something that I you know on an acoustic guitar. Um, or if I want to tap out a beat on the couch or something uh-huh. stupid like that, but um, you know, but then if I'm in my studio, which I am most days, you know, um, you know, I just have all the tools right there, and you know, I've always got Pro Tools on, and right. you know, um, uh, you know, yeah, it just varies. I mean, sometimes I'll just start an idea and, and keep rolling with it that whole day if I have the time. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've just I've been thinking also recently about this idea of how people organize their ideas. That that there's this whole sort of librarian responsibility oh, yeah. if you have creative output of like it, what you hear about like right when after John Lennon died, they were like finding cassette tapes in like couch cushions and stuff. You know, right. <laughs> you, know oh, that's you know all these things that like. I don't know. Yeah, There's, so you're saying you know that is interesting. Like organizing your ideas. I, I definitely, yeah, I do. I do have my folders on various hard drives. You know, and if I'm working on, if if I'm if I, ideas, certain ideas generating that, I'm like, oh, this this is more like this other side project that I'm working on called mm-hmm. Hong Hong Kong Kong. You know, and that's more <laughs> like this crazy dance thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that you know, so I will start to like if I'm working on an idea, I'll like. I'll you know go okay. Let me put that in that folder because you know it does get a little sloppy. It's starting to get sloppier. Just that I feel like the more stuff I have, the more ideas I'm building up. The I'm sort of you know I think I need to put out some records soon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You need to spend all this stuff that you've yeah accumulated. yeah. I guess so. I mean I don't know. Not that I have some great heap of wonderful ideas or anything but can't hurt there's a such a great feeling about putting out an album isn't there mm-hmm. i love it i love it and you know i know i know and people you know are just focused on songs and, and a video these days it seems like so i mean i don't know there are different ways to do it i i like the idea of making an album or at least an ep mm-hmm. um you know five songs is cool but um yeah it feels good putting the artwork together um you know also, it's just sort of nice to be done, like, you know, to have it out there. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. There are all these phases where I, I don't particularly want people to hear what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> to to no. be able to say, okay, now. Uh, I yeah. think about that all the time. I'm so glad that, um, I'm so glad that the internet was not where it is today <laughs> when we were kids because I would have, I mean, I've embarrassed myself so much throughout my life that, you know, just if everything's digitized, you know, from the, from that, from those earlier years, oh my God, um, it's, ter- it's terrifying to me. I mean, I remember singing on, um, like I grew up in Dubai and this is in the eighties and it was a really different place back then. You know, there wasn't much, <clears throat> it's, it's not like it is today, you know, and, and there are all these um, tape shops, basically, where you could just go and buy cassettes for like a buck a piece. But they just, you know, it was like a tiny little, you know, bodega, and it was just wall to wall with with tapes, cassettes. <laughs> and um, you, you know, I'd buy tons of these things, but they would like always have a bunch of extra blank tape at the end. So I would like use them to record. <laughs> I like I remember getting this ACDC tape, 
And it was I, I didn't even know who they were. You know, I just liked the picture of this guy stabbing himself with a guitar uh, <laughs> on the cover. And I was fascinated by his Bon Scott's voice. I was like, this wow, this guy's voice. And so at the end of the cassette, you know, I was like, I, I tr- was trying to emulate his voice. I was trying to sing like him. And so I totally, for- I totally forgot about it. Oh shit! I've got a package being delivered right now. Um, yeah. One second. One second. <laughs> Right now, John Dragonetti is getting a package. What you're hearing is the UPS man in the background. We do not have a release from this man. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) Yet. (laughs) Okay, so Bon Scott. So, yeah, trying to emulate his voice on this set. You know, so really embarrassing stuff. Anyways, I forget about it. And then, you know, maybe a year later or something, you know, I'm having a part, I don't know, maybe it's a birthday party or something. And so my boom box is, is, you know, on, I've got the ACDC tape on, you know, totally not even, I just, it's, I hadn't thought about this, you know, and, and for, totally forgot about it. And then all of a sudden, you know, the tape's done and there's just my, me singing by myself, trying, you know, singing like Bad Boy Boogie or some early ACDC song. And, and all, you know, everyone, immediately knows it's me no one lets me go and like, turn the tape off and so i'm just thinking like man if this had all been like digital in those days i'd have had tons of that stuff floating around i'd put you know yeah. like i just i i, I would have been tortured i yeah, yeah i'm really glad um anyways i'm not sorry that was a really ridiculous <laughs> story. that's okay i tried to emulate brian johnson and i couldn't talk for a week so oh man <laughs> yeah that's an even tougher one <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Oh, it's crazy. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, uh, yeah. I, I mean, we could uh, we could kind of wrap it up here. I think we've covered a lot of great stuff. Oh, cool. That was fun. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, thanks for um, thanks for getting in touch. Yeah. Was yeah. yeah. I mean, this podcast is sort of you know uh, kind of talking about creativity with people from different backgrounds, and it is really always really interesting to see. Uh, just the similarity and you know people mm. keeping track of their ideas and getting burned out and <laughs> yeah no that's that's good to hear you know because yeah. i mean you probably have that perspective of you know getting to talk to people from different areas you know and different fields so yeah i've always been curious but um so you think that's that's the case right like uh, well i don't know it's some to some extent the hypothesis of this podcast is <laughs> is that there's similarities and maybe there are certain differences but even from the differences i think I think people people uh, can learn from that too, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is well, excellent. Cool. Well, thanks, yeah. John. Uh, thanks yeah. for coming on. Thanks, thanks a bunch. guys. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. And um, I'll I'll see you all around soon. See you on the internet, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.